Hello and welcome to The Mass Cricketer, a cricketer Q&A podcast based on the live show that took place over the UK lockdown of 2020. In this episode, Woodsy talks to The Mass Cricketer about their aspirations in cricket, the family influences and whether or not they are the first international cricket player on the show. We'll let you decide that. This is all while raising awareness and funds for the Lord Taverners charity. Right, we better get on with it. Woodsy, who's the Mars Cricketer? Are you Ben Charlesworth? It is Ben. Nice to see you, Ben. How are you, young man? All good, thanks. All good. Was it a bit hot under there? Yeah, it was a little bit, actually. <laughs> that took a bit of getting tonight, I think. Yeah, that's good, I think. So that, that that's that's brilliant. So all things well with you in a way. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, Daryl. Um, just trying to get by as we are with uh, with no cricket. It's, it's depressing, isn't it, when we when we think about you know first of July possibilities. Um, you know, just don't know, do we? Um, it's all speculation. Yeah. Um, so so I did promise um, on here to have an international player at some point. Um, can we class you as an international player? Ben? Probably not. <laughs> no, well, I mean, technically speaking, yeah, I played a, year, a couple of years on England and the 19s, but you know, make of that as you will. I probably think um, I was going to ask, really, you know, what, what was that experience like um, on an England tour? So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting one because I first got on the under 19 set when I was 17 um, and I actually got quite lucky. I made a big score in an inv- invitational game against South Africa um, and then the day after that happened, uh, one of the one of the left-handed batters, opening batters in the squad, Tom, Tom Lavenby, um, got injured. So I basically got the call up 24 hours after having this good knock. Um, so it all happened quite quickly at first um, and I was sort of rushed into a, an environment where everyone knew each other and it was quite tough to start with because I felt like I was, I was playing against 19-year-old lads, a few South African boys, um, and it was really tough. Um, but it was a good experience, and I felt like I learned loads from that. And then this year, this past 12 months, I found a lot easier. Obviously, I'm, I'm 19 now, so I was competing with lads my own age. Um, and I felt like I've sort of climbed climbed through the ranks, as it, as it were. Um, so, yeah, when I, when I first started out, I was a little bit nervous, a little bit um, all over the place, but I, I got there eventually. Just, just can you elaborate on that a bit, Ben? You, you say a little bit nervous when you started, and, and I can imagine that absolutely. If I was in the same situation, I would have been. How did you overcome that? Do you think was it just getting out in the middle that just made things a lot easier for you once you were doing the skill you know you can do, or, or was it something else? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, at the end of the day, like my cricket revolves around preparation, and if I prepare well and give myself every chance of succeeding then you know when I get out there it doesn't matter if you know what the scenario is who you're playing against who your teammates are at the end of the day you're just facing the ball coming down here um so that's the way I tried to deal with it initially um but to be honest with you like as, as you get more comfortable in, in the environment and you know start to become mates with the teammates and bond within the group it's actually a lot easier to go out and perform because you feel like it's not one versus 11 out there it's sort of you know, you, you, your mates got your back on the sideline and you're a proper team. Um, and that definitely got better as I was sort of came into the group. 
do, do, do you feel for us? That's great. So there was some good camaraderie for the team. Did, did you feel that, you know, the team were enjoying each other's successes? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was like when we won games and, and you know, did well in the setup, you know, I've never seen celebrations like it. Like we'd celebrate uh, an England under 19, 50 over win against South Africa more than we would do a county championship win against Derbyshire you know, and that's professional cricket. So that's how much it meant to the lads. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a different feeling putting on an England shirt. It's like, you can't really compare it. Even obviously it's just under 19 cricket, but it's just the the feeling of wearing that shirt and having your name on the back is, is something really special. It's, you know, I can only imagine it. It's just, uh, just a wonderful experience. You know, mm. you're representing your country um, and it's it's just an incredible honour to, to be able to do that. So that experience then were you sort of was everybody presented with a cap or or did, did that sort of happen at that age group or, or what? yeah um everyone gets presented with a cap um usually by their coaches and specific you know they basically so like all the all the batters when ian bell came onto the setup he gave all the bat the new batters their batting caps and john lewis the bowling coach gave all the bowlers their caps um and the keeper, Nick Poffas, so like that's how it worked. So my first cap was presented to me by Andy Flower, um, which was a, is a strange, because I, you know, I didn't really know anything, obviously you hear the name, but you don't really know the person. Um, and getting to know people like that's a bit surreal, because you always see them on television and, and you sort of, you don't really make judgments on them. You just think, crikey, you know, they're, they're at the top of their level. Um, and then you actually go and meet them and spend time with them and they coach you in the nets and you sort of, it's all a bit of a, a blur really. Um, but, you know, I tried to take what, what I could from them um, and they're, they're all really helpful for me, definitely. He's very he's very quiet, isn't he? Calm and collected, Andy Flower, actually. Yeah, a, we came across a number of personalities. We had, um, I don't know if you know, Mick Yardy, um, played for Sussex um, in England, um, Andy Flower and Ian Bell. So they're the three coaches I've had through my time and they're all different um, and they've all got their different differing views on, on how to play the game. But, you know, you get like the same fundamental messages coming from them, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's good. Uh, so interested to see Bally on the scene, actually. How, how did you feel his contribution was? Was it was it good? You know? Yeah, I mean, he, he offered a different view because he's still a player. So, you know, he's not uh, an experienced coach. He's been coaching for 10 years. Um, but he was someone who could give you really good insight into the, the dynamics of batting and how to play in certain scenarios. And, you know, basically, you just got to draw upon his experience because that's what he's there for. Um, and it was just, it was crazy to speak about him, you know, speak to him about, like, the times he's had, because he's obviously had quite a lot of rough points in his career. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you associate him to his... To his glamorous cover drive but actually he's you know he's deep in that um and he's got some real good stuff to offer as well so yeah he's he's a really nice guy he was he was a legend brilliant brilliant i yeah i mean you're absolutely right the cover drive is is ian bell isn't it just, just, um, it's just so good to watch uh in, sure. in his heyday just just brilliant um yeah. pretty good that those people are actually involved and and Comparing all their experience, you know, onto you young guys, it's just a fantastic effort, really. There's a uh, couple of questions here. How much of an influence has your dad been on your cricket so far, Ben? Does it um, having his support? 
Yeah, I probably wouldn't be a cricketer if it wasn't for my dad because he, I think he must have honestly thrown about 40,000 cricket balls at me in my 19 years on this earth, honestly. Like, since I was three years old, he's been throwing balls at me and he, he set my game up how it is. You know, all the all the basics and all the fundamentals I've got have been put in place by my dad. Um, so, you know, I, I owe most of it to him, to be fair. Um, and he's, he's been he's been awesome. Great stuff. Did I was going to ask? Did he make you bat left-handed? Was it? Was that no, you were bat left-handed? Whatever. You might be right-handed, but you're going to bat left. I mean, it's my brother. My brother's right-handed, so I don't know how that how that works. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, how is Luke actually? Is he is he doing all right? Yeah, he's fine. We're um we're trying to get through. You know, do some fitness together and stuff, and we can go down to we actually go down to Amman Vale when we can and do a bit of bowling, bit of batting to, to keep ticking over when we can. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great to have that hands-on, you know, person that's going to just throw you the balls and, and just put their experience to you and, and just help you the way. It's, you know, it's yeah. really, really good. Um, and I've, I've seen some videos of you, actually, I'm pretty sure playing down the, the, the hallway in your house, if I remember rightly. I, I, I've seen, I've seen we can put our into a little cricket centre superb superb um another question for you um how was your journey through the oxfordshire ranks um early on did that help you and what advice do you have for young inspiring cricketers now after it's a you know short experience but a a really good experience is that question from k dog it is actually it is um, yeah, I mean, Oxfordshire was like, when I used to play Oxfordshire cricket, that was just the pinnacle of my week. Like, I'd look forward that like five days, the five days leading up to my game on a Sunday would be just pure excitement to go and play that under 13 game, that under 14, whatever. Um, and it was just like critical to get that experience as a youngster and play, play against other kids and get competitive. Um and make friends. Uh, I'm still friends with the Prices, Ollie and Tom Price. They're both still on the on the staff of Gloucester with me. Um, so you know, you make friends for life playing through the the age group stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Oxfordshire the Oxfordshire set was awesome. Um, their training on the weekend and the games we had in the summer, the coaching we had available to us. Um, I remember my first uh, coach, Neil Pickup, um, who's a madman, and I still you know I haven't seen him in probably eight years, and I could still exactly tell you how his personality is um he had that much of effect of an effect on me you know i was 10 years old um but you know i loved everything about it um and advice wise i think you when you're young you've got to love playing the game um i was so excited and it meant so much to me to go and play cricket with my mates on a sunday representing my county you know it was just awesome and i enjoyed it so much um another piece of advice would just be to to, to work hard and you know, it sounds like it's a classic piece of advice, but if you train hard and don't leave anything on the training field, then when you go out and play, you can just go and enjoy it because um, you know you've done everything you can to prepare, and that's that's a nice feeling to get. Um, so that'd be my main advice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do remember you as a twelve and thirteen year old within the Gloucestershire. I think it was the Emerging Players Program at the time, and I'm talking with the the head coach Dave Simpkins there. It, you know, it, it was obviously you had some uh, natural ability and some real skill, 
and he was adamant that you would play first-class cricket. I mean, I remember having that conversation with him. Um, he just felt that you you ticked all the right boxes. Um, and I'd have to say the same from seeing you playing that final for the under-17s going back a few years where you opened the batting, got 50-odd, so we were only chasing 100 and something, I think. Uh, but very calm and collected player. So my, my question to you, I suppose, do you think that has... Do you think you're calm when you go to the creeks? It felt to me like you really are and really collected about what you want to do, knowing you're confident that you're going to execute your skills as well as you can. I think, um, first of all, I don't actually think I've got that much natural talent. I think my success comes a lot from from the way I train and hard work. Um, there are some players in, in the world who can go out and hit a six off the first ball in a T20 and don't have to train hard and they can get by and they can play first class cricket without training hard. But I wouldn't say I'm one of those people. I say I actually have to work quite hard to, to be, you know, get by and, and do well. Um, so that, I don't think that's true, but on the, on the calmness bit in my head, I'm, you know, I try to be calm, but there's often quite a few thoughts going through my head. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, if you, you know, train as hard as you can, and make sure that when you go out to bat, you've given yourself the best chance to do well. Then you don't actually have to worry about anything. You can just sort of let your instincts take over and, and go out there and have fun and, and try and enjoy what you're doing. So, you know, that might be why I look calm is because, you know, I know I've prepared well and I know that I've given myself a good chance to succeed. So when I go out there, I can just go and, you know, see what I can do and, and show off my skills. Yeah, it's just having having that prep, isn't it? And and knowing what you need to do before you go, you know, on on the stage and and perform is is massive, isn't it? Sure, I agree yeah. with that. Um, a question is: Does it help having plenty of Oxfordshire-based players in the Gloucestershire setup? Has that sort of helped your way in? You know, made you feel more comfortable, or has it made it more difficult? I don't know. No, it's, it's definitely made it more comfortable for sure. Um, I first got into the Gloucestershire Academy through Oxfordshire. Obviously, we um, the links now with Sussex, but back when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, our link was with Gloucestershire, wasn't it? So I first got onto the Academy through the Oxfordshire-Gloucestershire link. Um, and I think it gave me a bit of kudos with a few players. Obviously, the Taylors um, came up through the Oxfordshire ranks, Miles Hammond. Um, and so I had, a, you know, I had a first conversation with those sort of lads. Um, and they sort of knew me through speaking to other people, um, which does help socially because, like I said earlier, being able to, to fit into a team and, and feel comfortable is crucial to be able to perform. Um, and when I first started playing for Gloucestershire, I did feel like I was part of a team and I had the, you know, the respect from other players, um, which I may not have had if, if I'd come from another county. Um, so I think it was definitely beneficial to have you know links through Oxfordshire players um, to help me out for sure. Brilliant. I think it, it sort of helps and it? it sort of calms the situation. It it makes you feel part of the family, you know, quite, you know, perhaps a little bit easier, perhaps a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. So that's pretty good. Um, somebody has uh, come on board here, somebody I, I used to go to school with. It's great that somebody you know, I haven't spoken to for a good few years, Claire Smith, nice to see you. Hope everything's well, and and Josh is is preparing for his captaincy at, at Rowan still. Uh, I hope that's going well. Um, I always ask this Ben because I'm silly. Um, 
superpower? If you had a superpower, what would it be? Quite like going invisible and just like going me nosy and just see what people are doing. I'm with you all the way on that one. Totally oh, yeah. one. one. <laughs> see what people are saying about you behind your back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Pretty brilliant, wouldn't it? If you weren't a cricketer, what do you think you'd be? What do you think your career path would have taken? Um, it's an interesting one. I, I've i got a few loves in life. I used to I used to be into my tennis quite a lot. I had a decision to make when I was 13. I either went to a cricket school, um, St Edwards, where I had Simmer as my coach, or I went to a tennis school and tried to pursue tennis. Um, I was actually better at tennis than I was at cricket when I was 13. So it was quite a big decision for me. So maybe tennis. I've always loved tennis. Um, apart from that, I'm not going to university, so I'm not, you know, I wouldn't probably be massively into any any educational stuff. A lot of my family have been architects, um, so we've got a bit of that in the in the family tree. Um, so maybe I'd, I'd try and get into something like that. Um, but my love's always been for sport, so I'd probably have to find something to do with sport, otherwise I'd go mental. I couldn't sit in an office to take that for free. <laughs> Yeah, I did that for far too long. I can assure you, it's yeah. <laughs> Sympathise on that one, definitely. Um, on the tennis front, then, because um, Luke was a fair player as well, if I remember rightly, is that is that correct? Am I thinking right? Yeah, I think I think actually, to be honest with you, my like me and Luke playing tennis has helped us so much with our cricket because it gave us really good hand-eye coordination since the age of eight. It told us how to train hard. You know, we'd get up at six in the morning go and hit hit balls for an hour before school um we got on some proper intense tennis tournaments where it, they were pretty brutal to be fair like i was only sort of 13 12 13 and you'd be playing two hour long matches and you know it was pretty grueling um so we learned you know we learned high hand eye coordination we learned how to train hard we learned how to be competitive all through tennis so i think that's actually probably got quite a it's probably had quite a big impact on our cricket as well do you get the chance to still play a little bit of tennis? Well, the... it's, it's easier to actually play squash. Uh, we've got a squash court right on the ground. Yeah. Um, which is the closest thing we can get to tennis. Um, yeah. But it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's all about hand-eye coordination, movement, that sort of stuff. Um, and that helps with the cricket for sure. Here's a good superpower for you, Ben. Uh, it's come from Kieran. And as you might think this uh his superpower would be the ability to play cricket <laughs> and now the wife's on on board watching me for a change that's that's not good <laughs> we've been having a little bit of fun in the back garden in, in coaching my wife ben it's, it's been quite, quite good entertainment <laughs> she's enjoying it strangely enough that's what she tells me anyway so so it's all good who's your favorite um I was going to say favourite sports person, but I want to sort of keep it cricket related. So, favourite batter, favourite bowler? What, what, what's uh, your... My hero growing up was Kumar Sangakara. Um, just Great the way he's and he's so amazing. Um, but then, if we're talking about inspiration, uh, probably probably Chris Dent, the Gloucestershire captain, because he's someone who I probably you know who I aspire to be like. You know, the success he's had and left-handed opening batter and and being able to train with him and be around him and learn from his experiences has been really helpful for me um 
So if we're talking sort of relevant inspiration, then he's Dente would be would be be one for me because he's all about you know mental preparation and, and how you get yourself in the right state to perform. And and I think for me, you know, seventy percent of batting is mental. So being able to speak to someone like him has been has been really helpful for me. Um, and if we're talking bowlers, I like Broadie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's one of my favourite cricketers. I, I just think somebody just keeps coming back and it has that ability to change a game. Uh, a drop of the hat. Not, he doesn't do it all the time. I, I get that, but um, he does have that ability to change a test match um, very, very quickly. And he's done it on a new, numerous occasions. I also like him as he's got a little bit older. He's, he's changed his action a little bit. But he's still striving to be the best he possibly can, and I, I, I sort of like that in a in a cricketer. To be fair, sure. um, good good role model, I think. Actually, you, your good old uh, coach has come on board and said, uh, "Sort your barnet out, Ben." Timo's not happy with the hair, apparently. <laughs> you need to sort that out, buddy. Apparently, wow. uh, one thing I was going to say um, uh, could embarrass some people here, but favourite coaches? You've mentioned Neil Pickup. Um, the man with the smallest hands in the world as a wheel keeper. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a great start for you when you, you, you started your career in the, in the youth channel. So is there any other um, coaches that have really stood out for you and have, have helped you on your way? To be honest with you, I've only ever had, I've had my dad when I was younger and then I've had Simo. Um, you know, they're, they're the only two coaches I've ever had. Um, and Sim, to be honest with you, Simo was 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 incredible for me. He, you know, I came to the school, um, St Edwards, as a thirteen-year-old. He didn't really know, didn't really know myself, didn't really know my game. Um, and I left as a much more mature, um, you know, cricketer and and someone who really understood, you know, understands their game. And and I think probably quite a lot of credit of of where I've got to now is is due to him because he's you know he worked with me day in day out, you know, as many hours as as I asked, um, and, you know, he's always been there for me. And I think we'll, we'll continue to have that relationship. Um, so, yeah, coach-wise, I've, I've, I don't find um, I don't find listening to, to loads of coaches very beneficial. Obviously, it's great to pick on the brains of someone like an Ian Bell or a Mick Yardy because they've got so many good experiences you can learn from um, and so many things they can share with you that, can you know, you can take into your game. Um, but actually, that's not coaching. That's just experience sharing and you know and being you know offering advice um but coach wise yeah i've only really had i've only really had simo i mean i work i worked with simo for a, for a, a couple of years and i did learn i, I felt that i learned a lot as a coach from him um because i thought his ideals were were spot on and and his coaching was you know, at times tough um, but he, he knew what he wanted out of the player, and and I think he, he he led you in the right way. I have to say, and I'm probably getting him embarrassed now as he's watching. But uh, I learned a lot. He doesn't get embarrassed, does he? No, he doesn't get embarrassed. Sorry, we're editing that bit out, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get some abuse from him on on social media at some point for the outfit, let alone anything else. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm not. Uh, you know, packing anything there. He, he was brilliant to work with, um, for sure. Um, there was some high praise, uh, Kieran is saying, at the World Cup from the likes of Ian Bishop, said you definitely had a full, you know, good career in front of you. So uh, that's quite nice coming from a, an international fast bowler. Um, yeah, 
I think it helps. I actually did like, I did an interview with him and he I think I sort of I th- I answered all his questions exactly how he wanted me to answer them and I think he, that's probably why he was saying all these nice things. I don't know if it was actually to do with my cricket or if it was whether I just answered these questions well. Who knows? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um Dan Hall in the house. Nice to see you, Dan. Um I'm just um, reiterating um, what's scrolling along at the bottom of the screen, guys. The uh, Just Giving page there, um, it's for two charities, um, the Lord Taverners and Oxfordshire Mind. I felt there were two, you know, one cricket-related and one uh, locally-related charity that I thought, um, if you've enjoyed the coverage, that you could donate to. Um, I've had two really nice emails from the organisers from both those charities um, saying good luck, and it was that was quite nice. I wasn't expecting that, um, so that's that's quite nice to to, to get that from those two. Um, so if you feel that you can uh, spare a, a few quid at these hard times, then please donate. Obviously, if you still want to donate to towards your cricket club please do that as well because they need every penny they can get at the moment especially if if the season is is going to be shortened even more so um yeah please feel free on that front um favorite food we use, we found out that you like cheese but not a great lover of teas so um, coffee man daryl coffee massive coffee person yeah is, is that latte is it cappuccino what what, what coffee yeah. is it on espresso machine and I, I plow through it three four a day <laughs> actually unhealthy if i'm being honest with you um I'm, I'm, i like my sleep so i need coffee when i wake up to sort of you know i actually invested in some caffeine gum to bat with last season um it probably isn't great considering i'm only 19. <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't mind tea tea's all right um food wise i'm a chinese i like chinese very good. I had one tonight, actually. I must admit, shouldn't say. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, lovely, aren't they? They really are. And any any particular bit, Pitt? Duck. I love duck. I yeah. could eat pancakes all day. Yeah. All day, it's, every day. Yeah. No, absolutely brilliant. Um, somebody said you looked like Max Headroom. I see you. Probably, that's too before your time, isn't it? Yeah. You have to look him up on YouTube or something then. But I, I do see the similarity, actually, uh, because I'm that old. I, I, I remember that. Um, uh, Kieran, he's a big fan of yours because he's saying he watched every ball of your innings against Australia in the World Cup, and it was an absolute joy to watch. So, okay. um, so that's I thought he was meant to... Um... Yes, he. Um, well, I will mention at this point, I, I will have a co-host next week. Um, and that could well be Kieran K Dog Bushnell. It could be somebody else, but it could be K Dog. So um, you know, watch this space for any announcements um, during the week. But yes, I will have a co-host next Wednesday, and I'll probably bring that up as well at this point. If anybody feels that they would like to be the masked cricketer in few future weeks, please do get in contact with me uh, privately, uh, messaged. And uh, we can sort something out and see if it, if it's going to work into the schedules. Still got one or two things I want to do, so um, that's quite good. I did um, <laughs> say I wanted to get some first-class cricketers involved 
Ben. So I've I've ticked that box after the second week. So thank you very much for that. I was yeah. sweating a little bit because I got told off by my wife that I was I was um, going to suggest things are happening that might not happen. And uh, yeah, I got I got a little bit told off for that one. Um, but uh, uh, great to to see you tonight. Um, I, I was going to say, I mean, going back to your food, are you on a strict nutritional plan? Do they keep you on that? Um, I wouldn't say it's a nutritional plan. It's more of a, a strength and conditioning plan. Um, it's always quite intense during the winter. Um, the winter, to be honest with you, is, is about 80% strength and conditioning and 20% cricket, um, which really surprised me, actually. After, you know, this has been my, or my second season on the staff at Gloucester my first full winter with them and it's intense like the the training is really hard and really intense and and even during this lockdown we've got I think we've got four strength sessions three speed sessions and two conditioning sessions to do per week so that's one that's one day off a week um so yeah it, it is full on um but you definitely do see the benefits of you know having a having a healthy body and having a healthy mind um and it definitely does help you cricket and your mental health as well to be honest if, if i wasn't doing exercise during this time i think i'd go crazy um because yeah. obviously got nothing else to do i mean you know for anybody it's not just a you know professional cricket yeah. it's, it's getting out there and, and doing some some exercises only going to be good for, like you say for mental health but physical fitness etc so um yeah recommend that uh, all the time so um no that's that's good is, is there any other sort of pre-season thing oh, pre-season i shouldn't say pre-season should i but things that they've got you doing that you, you know you need to do at this time or is it that, that we we've got weekly chats with a psychologist um because obviously at the moment you can't apart from the strength stuff you can't really do a whole lot cricket wise so it's about making sure that if there is some cricket to come when you know we're in the right state mentally to be able to get out there and and go because potentially what could happen is we could be we're on furlough for another I think we're on furlough for another month and then the cricket season is due to start on first of the first first of July or yeah yeah or June um, but ultimately the transition between training and playing is not going to be very big um, it might be two weeks um, so we might train for two weeks and then be straight into competition so ultimately they've got to make sure that we're ready to go as soon as you know, as soon as the season they start, if it does start. We we had a question last week, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up again. I mean, you have toured uh, abroad. What what experiences of that has that helped? What, what what sort of stories can you can you give us from from that? Yeah, I'm really lucky in the fact I've been to I've travelled. Feel like I've travelled half the world already. I'm only 19. I've travelled to to Bangladesh, to India. Um, South Africa. Um, the only place I haven't really been is Australia. Um, I've been pretty much everywhere else that plays cricket. Um, and the main thing for me, the main learning I've taken from it is is playing spin. I've been to a lot of sub subcontinental countries, um, and ultimately, you know, faced a lot of spin on turning wickets, which you don't really have the opportunity to do in England. So I think the main takeaway for me is, you know, those those experiences and those tours, mainly with England under 19s, which you know, give credit to them. They've they've scheduled their tours brilliantly because you go to places like the West Indies and, and Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and India and it turns and you know we're put we're put in foreign conditions where you know we, we haven't played on those sort of pitches before. Um and we've got to learn and adapt and 
it's given you know us young English players a different dimension to our game because now when we go and play you know Championship cricket and they've got you know we might be up against a Ravi Ashwin or a, a Maharaj from Yorkshire and um, we've got experience of playing high class spin, um, which is you know which we wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that's the main thing. I think two two questions off the back of that. Um, what, what's your favourite country so far that you, you've enjoyed most? South Africa. South Africa was 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 the main one. Uh, any reason? People. Well, family so, heritage. My, my mum's South African, so I really enjoyed going out there. And I mean, I mean, the the Caribbean was good, very good, obviously. Um, but South Africa is just a dream. I should blame my researcher for that, shouldn't I? Me, I didn't. Know, <laughs> I, I did know that, and I'd forgotten. So yeah. I, I apologise to your mum, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. And and I think, can you give any tips um, to playing the spinning ball? Do you, is there a you know a, a, something that you do that helps you play a spinning ball? Is it? Do you have a plan in mind? Basically, I suppose is what I'm getting at. If I was to summarise a. A piece of advice in in one sentence it'd be and it's what the coaches use all the time right back or right forward so the way you get out of the spin is when you're in that in between you know when they bowl that in between length and you're not sure you're not sure whether to go forward or back and they might find the edge or skibble onto your pad um so you've got to get right out to the ball and cover the spin or you've got to get right back and play off the back foot if you get caught in the middle you're you're a dead man really yeah, absolutely. It's it's making you know that commitment to the shot and, and sticking to it, isn't it? Because um, even if you get it slightly wrong, you might be able to adapt and still keep it out. I think is probably you know where you're coming from, isn't it? You, you you know you're in that positive position, so you're able to manipulate if you need to. Sure. Yeah. No. Cool. Um, toughest bowler you've faced so far? Do you think who, who would that be? Lockie tough. Um, Say again, Ben. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Lockie Ferguson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, played against him. He, he was playing for Derbyshire in a Championship game, um, and then Josh Hazelwood um, in a white ball game for against Australia A. Yeah, Josh Hazelwood and Lockie Ferguson. I'd say. Do, do you find? I, I mean, I've found going through my career, and I probably shouldn't bring this up but there's always some bowler that you just can't pick up I always find there's somebody that I play against that I think I just cannot pick this bowler up and he may not be the quickest in the world he may not be turning it may not be moving it but I just can't play that bowler do, do you do you get those sort of bogey bowlers I don't want you to say who they are but um, <laughs> do you get that or not yeah no that's it's interesting you say that because you get some. So, for example, I was playing, we were playing against Northants last year, and they've got a, their opening bowler Ben Sanderson. He's taken sixty championship wickets. He's a leading wicket taker in the league. No one can play him. And I found him. I found his action quite easy to pick up. So I thought I could tell which way it was swinging. And then they had this like medium pacer who'd taken eight wickets all year, um, and it was just like they used him when they were in a bit of trouble. And he had this double-barreled action, and I just couldn't see the ball. I couldn't see where it was coming from, and he was causing me all sorts of bother. He was bowling seventy-five miles an hour, and there's this opening bowler who'd take, you know, best best wicket taker in the league. Um, he was just ripping everyone's poles out, and I, I, I saw him fine. And then he had this little like double-barreled bloke, and I just couldn't pick him up. Um, so that does happen. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's cricket, I think, isn't it? It really, you know, it just sums cricket up quite nicely. That yeah. you do, do have that that 
problem with a particular player. It's, it's weird. And somebody always scores runs against you as well. There always seems to be somebody that will always do that, you know, <laughs> annoyingly. <laughs> and not always the prettiest either, but they always get runs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, some really good questions coming out here, actually. Um, I'm going to come back to one in a moment, but uh, fa favourite ground ever played at? What was your favourite ground? Um, you don't have to say the downs, but I'm getting the bias, so don't worry about that. <laughs> I, mean, I have played at Lords, and that was an awesome experience. Um, I also really like Chelmsford. Chelmsford's a really nice ground. Um, I could, I'd probably say Chelmsford's my favourite because it's sort of like a real enclosed environment with small stands. It's not a big ground, but it's quite there's quite a nice atmosphere, and you can tell there's quite a few local fans that come down and watch. And I'd probably say that's my favourite. You got the veil as well, the mighty veil. Oh, the might you can't you can't yeah. just the mighty veil, can you? Yeah. No, definitely not. This is one from from actually my wife because we we did go through the other day practicing the sweep shot so she said are you a fan of the sweep shot funnily enough because i'm right-handed i'm a left-handed right-handed player i actually find the reverse sweep a lot easier because if you think about it i'm hitting down on a reverse sweep whereas with a normal sweep i'm using my weaker left hand to hit up so i actually find the reverse sweep a lot easier than the normal sweep as unconventional as that sounds um so I'm not a massive sweeper of the ball. I find it quite difficult, but the reverse sweep's really natural to me just because I'm, I'm right-handed so I can hit down on the ball um, and it's really natural. So I guess you've got to find what's natural for you. Yeah. I don't think there was anything natural for, for Sarah to be. <laughs> she, she, has, she has pulled a muscle basically by trying to go down on that one knee and, and actually play the shot. She, she's, in a, she's in a bit of, a bit of pain from it. Things as coaches put people through, terrible. Um, but yeah, no, great question, uh, Sarah. I like that. I, I think, um, Ben, it's been a really good evening again. You've answered the questions beautifully. Um, I think there's some real um, future in the game for you. Have you got any aspirations? What What is your aspiration in, in cricket at the moment? Um, the pinnacle for me would be to, to play test cricket for England. Um, and the, the higher pinnacle than that would be to play a Boxing Day test in an Ashes series. That's, you know, that is my, that would be nothing, nothing could, could top that. That would yeah. be my highest. That, that is, is great. I don't, I don't know, if, have you been watching the test or watched the test on Amazon at the moment? It's, it's, it's decent, isn't it, actually? I've only watched a couple of um, episodes, but it is worth a watch. And it, um, George mentioned Tim Payne last week and what a nice guy he was, and he's actually coming across quite well on that on that program as well. I, I would say, along with Justin Langer, who just seems to be totally passionate about there the game. Really interesting. Some of the things they're saying to to the players before they go out, and you know, during practice. I was going to ask you actually, Ben. What, what's your preference? Do you do you prefer bowling machine, or do you prefer the dog stick, or do you prefer somebody throwing balls down at you? What what's your sort of you know preference on on that? Um, in in competition in season, I like a lot of um, a lot of slinger because that's realistic to a bowler. But in the winter, I hardly play slinger. It's mainly bowling machine. You know, if you want to do technical work and work on you know right arm around the wicket swinging in at your pads or or over the wicket going across you, stuff like that, you need to use a bowling machine because it gives you real precise, you know, precise training and exactly what you need. But in competition, sling is the best because you could get anything and that's that's what it's like when you're out there. So 
it's, it's more varied, isn't it? And if you if you've got somebody decent coming down at you at a rate of knots, it is quite decent, isn't it? It, it helps um, footwork and and everything really. Hand eye, you know, it's just it's just a good good practice. It's interesting that you you know have the different stages, and it does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's lots of um, good stuff coming through here, Ben, that, that saying you know wishing you the very best of luck in your career going forward. I think, you know, speaking, I can't speak too, too much um, from, from an Oxfordshire cricket point of view, but um, from a personal point of view, it's just great seeing local talent go on to play, you know, first-class cricket and also for England honours at junior level. It, it just, um, it, it does make us really proud. I, I have to, you know, really emphasize that because um you know albeit through the youth channel we've probably had a small part to play but it's a nice part and it you know we'll we'll remember that um and um you know it, it'll just be good to see you go on to to bigger and better things and i think you're level-headed enough to do that um, and personally I'd, I'd like to wish you the very best for the for the future and uh, i'll be watching that progress um very closely um so when we get out there and start playing then um yeah do do what you do well and I, i'm sure you'll be successful um lots of people sort of joining in late matty brown nice to see you um again i'm going to reiterate sorry to keep going on about the uh, the scroll down the bottom there for just giving page um for the lord taverners and oxfordshire mind again feel free to donate if you can um, just one thing, question to, to the viewers, if we, do you think we should move this to eight o'clock or is seven o'clock a good time to start? If I can just get a few um, um, things on that, um, that'll be quite handy. Uh, Kieran's happy to uh, help you with your autobiography when it comes out, um, Ben. He's more than welcome to help me out. <laughs> he, uh, he reckons he can spell. That's that's what it is. Thinks he might be quite useful on that front. Um, but uh, yeah, lots lots of people wishing you luck. Um, uh, I think it will go really well um, for you. Um, you know, it's it's it is great. I mean, people are saying it's good to see you doing what you're doing, and um, you know, keep keep doing that. Ben, is there anything else you'd like to say at this moment in time to anybody out there uh, at this difficult time? Just stay safe, guys. Obviously, um, do what you can to stay active, stay mentally well. Um, and thanks very much for hosting me, Daryl. It's, um, it's been good fun. You have been listening to The Masked Cricketer. Today's host was Woodsy. Music Swing House by RKVC. It was thrown together by Daryl Woods. Special thanks go to today's masked cricketer, Ben Charlesworth. Follow us on Twitter, at Masked Cricketer. And if you want to watch live, then go over to YouTube and search for The Masked Cricketer. See you next time.